You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Punt, 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 punt. Interception, field goal. Which, hey, let's be honest here. The interception is the best end to a drive they've had up to this point. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! <laughs> And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty. And I had a first over the weekend singing O Canada in front of a crowd of over 300 people. <laughs> and how many people bled from their ears? Dude, this is, this is what happened. I was the MC for... Uh, an event put on by Veterans Voices uh, of Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love this organization. Uh, they do a Flags of Remembrance ceremony. They have one in Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Windsor, Ontario, and Sydney, Nova Scotia. And there are 128 Canadian flags on display um, to commemorate the 128,000 Canadian men and women, military, RCMP, and first responders killed or missing in action since the Boer War up until now. So it's a great event. It just makes your Canadian heart swell uh, when you see all of these flags. And I was the MC for this event. And <laughs> as the event is opening, the uh, pipe and drum band is playing the pipes they're they're coming down uh, the color party is coming down and i realize that the anthem singer i haven't seen her i haven't spoken to her and i know who she is but I, she didn't make the event and i'm 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 talking to the organizer i'm like i don't see her so <laughs> He wait, 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 wait. Did you Tanya Harding her? <laughs> Just, Dude. like, is this your big break? <laughs> well, I don't think there's... A, well, there were some news cameras there. So, maybe, maybe there is some. But if you are in Windsor, near Sylvan Lake, or Sydney, Nova Scotia, go check these flags out. They're going to be on display until after Remembrance Day. So the pipe and drum band is is playing, and this is happening, and the anthem is in 45 seconds. <laughs> so the organizer of the event goes to the pipe and drum band, and once they're done playing, he asks them, do you have O Canada ready? Have you prepared for this? No. So he comes back to me. You're singing. You're leading. Okay. <laughs> I, I would have ran away so fast. <laughs> I had no time to think about it. I, I kind of did give a disclaimer about what was going to happen. Uh, I, le- I, I, I led the crowd in the singing of O Canada. It was not pretty. I could hear myself in the speakers. 
I held the microphone probably near my belly button. (laughs) But we got through it together, and I can now say that that is on my resume. (laughs) I I wouldn't put it on there. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'll leave it off. Like, it's not lying if you don't put it on there. It's just omitted. <laughs> Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. What a week of football it was. Uh, it starts Friday night. There was a doubleheader. The Calgary Stampeders beat the Toronto Argonauts 23-16. couple takeaways here. Um, the Stampeders basically just controlled the game. Um, time mm-hmm. of possession was nearly 35 minutes. The Argos couldn't really get anything done, really. But I think the big one coming out of the game is the Stampeders lose a running back, Kadeem Carey, again. Um, this, <laughs> it's been a position that's been cursed for the Stampeders mm-hmm. all season long. And after Don Jackson's breakout last year, we kind of thought they had a franchise guy. But Jackson has had injuries this year. Carey has shown flashes, but has also been hurt. I I think that maybe they're well they're going to have to go back to Jackson now because I think he has been ready mm-hmm. to go for a couple of weeks and uh, I think Jackson's going to need to he's going to really need to shine to close the season out here and, and it's just another example of Calgary showing the depth that they have in this yeah. organization uh, you know and Terry Williams rushed the ball three times for twenty eight yards got in the end zone uh, had forty six yards. Uh, in the return game as well, and had 14 receiving yards. Uh, so he he he's multifaceted, uh, you know. And with, if Don Jackson comes back, the, the, there's still lots of room for Terry Williams to produce in this lineup as well. And, and it just if they can share a workload, kinda. I mean, I think Don Jackson would get the bulk of the carries. Uh, it, it's just more of a weapon. Uh, for the Stampeders to use in that aspect where they can switch things up and they have the depth to do it. The Stampeders also came into this game with uh, a very inexperienced receiving core, and Bo Levi Mitchell mm-hmm. approached it by throwing it to Eric Rogers nonstop. 17 targets. I honestly don't know if since we've started this show if I've seen a receiver with that many targets in a game. I think S.J. Green, I want to say last year, was up around 20 at some point. Maybe he did have a 19 or 20 target game. But- I'll, I'll tell you what, when we're, when we're done, I will look it up and I will uh, put it on Twitter. Uh, but I, I feel like 20 or 21 has been uh, has been around, and I've, I think I've seen it. But, I mean, 17 is still a ridiculous amount. Uh, eight catches, 119 yards, which gives him 19.9 fantasy points. He didn't find the end zone. Uh, but still a very productive day. And, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell spread the ball around quite a bit when you look at the targets. But, I mean, Eric Rogers getting 17 targets is huge uh, in that offense that tends to spread the ball around. But, you know, Bo Levi going back to Old Faithful there, just somebody he's really comfortable throwing to. He did have a couple 
costly drops in this one, but Bo mm-hmm. is also forcing it to him, just throwing it yes. to him in double coverage. Some incredible catches were happening. Some weren't happening, which I, I won't blame Rodgers for that. But they had to have an inexperienced receiving core because there was no Reggie Bagleton. Markeith Ambles still sidelined. Richie Sendani was sidelined in this one. And then continuing to stay on the six-game injured list is Juwan Breskison and Kamar Jordan, who has started sort of running at practice. We'll see if he gets into a game before the end of the season. He could be a fantasy hero as the season comes to a close here. But... The Stampeders, they are they're able to make this depth work. They took zero penalties in the first half. Zero. That's really hard to wrap my head around. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, we, we look at what's going on in the NFL right now where every holding call is being called, it seems. And and I know we say and everybody says there's holding on every play. Uh and you know, the refs have to decide which one's the call and which one's to not, whether they're blatant or egregious and stuff like that. But for a team to go with zero penalties in a half of football is is something to marvel at. Really. And I, I know it's happened. It, it's happened before this year, but I mean when it does happen it is a huge aspect of the game because the team is not losing any yards or giving up yards on the defensive side of the ball. They ended up taking 5 for 55 in the second half. The Argos Mm -hmm. overall had 10 for 96. But I think we're officially at the point of the season where the refs are leaving the flags in their pockets. Um, There was a ton of rough play happening this week, and we'll get into some of it, where (laughs) there were just no calls. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, And that's fine. Uh, because I think it helps the game flow better. I think it's, it's I think it's fine to a point, right? To a point. And I, think, I, I think we know where we're going with that, but we'll talk. We'll get into that in the other games. Yeah. But like like you said, putting putting the flags away and letting them play. Uh, you know, it, it's six and one half a dozen the other because you see it in every other sport where officials don't want to decide the game. Yep. But by not making those calls, they are deciding the game. But if it's going to be called the same both ways, then I'm okay with it. You you do have to be careful. You can't let a game get away from you because there was a play in the uh, Ticats-Eskimos games. I think it was Simone Lawrence where an offensive lineman kept driving, (laughs) driving his legs after the play and just slammed him into the ground. Mm. I I think in any other game, that gets 15 yards unnecessary roughness, but I don't know if the ref saw 21 and said, ah, we'll let this one go. a bitch. Uh, so obviously Eric Rogers was the re- leading receiver for the Stampeders, but let's look at every receiver that had a catch. One, two, three, oh. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, T- ten different receivers were targeted. Nine had catches, and I have to tell you, we brought up anti uh, Milanovic leader last game with Kerry leaving the game. I. <laughs> I had hope. He ended up getting five carries, 16 yards, and one catch for three yards. If he broke some of those, you would have had to quit the podcast, which would have made me sad, but at the same time, happy because Milanovic leader just had a big game. <laughs> yeah, but then who would do all the legwork that you don't do? Yeah. Nobody. 
Like, I mean, if we're, you do a lot for you do a lot for the preview shows, I'll give you that. But I mean, when it comes to the Sunday show, a lot of the legwork is me. <laughs> That's correct why me we're if team. I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> All right, then. The the Argos spread the ball around as well. Armani Edwards was the leading receiver for the Argos, 80 yards on <laughs> no, five catches. Not only did they spread the ball to the receivers, they spread the ball around uh, under center as well, and neither of it worked. <laughs> uh, DW had 10 targets, 5 for 52, and a touchdown. But I think the big story is McLeod Bethel-Thompson – couldn't get anything going against the Stampeder defense, which a part of me just thinks it's a bad situation. When the Stampeder defense is on, there's a good, good chance you're not going to get anything done. So Bethel Thompson mm-hmm. was pulled. James Franklin comes in. They they had the same amount of completions, uh, 12 of them. Franklin had 16 attempts. Bethel Thompson had 19 MBT had the interception, and Franklin had the touchdown. So that's the difference in the passer efficiency there, I guess. I I don't think this really showed a difference between the two quarterbacks at all. Neither quarterback was able to cement themselves as being the starter next week. No. Uh, I think James James Franklin protecting the ball a little better, not, not throwing an interception, might give him a leg up. But we've seen Bethel Thompson put up huge numbers this year. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of evens out that way, I think. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I mean, James Franklin had 11.4. And, you know, in a half of football, okay, not bad, especially against Calgary. Uh, but to only throw the ball 16 times when you're, you know. it's just, <laughs> The quarterback situation in Toronto, we, we thought it was figured out. You know, McLeod Beth-Thompson has the one bad half. And they pull him, and I get it. But if he's your starting quarterback, you gotta let him work through this. Do you yeah, not? I I I think so. Now I think that they let Franklin play the season out and just see what they have. If they're gonna do that, give it to Dakota Prukup or Michael I, O'Connor. I think that's what they should do. That's if they they want Franklin to be a part of this franchise going into next year. I don't know if they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they want either one of these guys around. The way, the way that, and, and I know Pat Thompson has got a lot of playing time lately. But yep. if, to pull him after going twelve of nineteen for eighty six and a pick, I mean, you're showing that you have you have zero faith in him being able to get anything done. And I mean, James Franklin comes in and yeah, throws for seventy more yards or sixty more yards, but in a touchdown, still doesn't play that much better. No, no, he didn't. Um, so, I mean, let's see what. You actually have the quarterback position, and maybe one of these 23, 24-year-olds will perform, and then you have a quarterback for the foreseeable future and stability at that position. If there was a game for the Argos to steal, this was it. They would have Mm -hmm. uh, caught up to Ottawa, and they only would have been three behind Edmonton. I know either way it was a long shot, but now eh, it's probably time to just kiss it goodbye and See what mm-hmm. you have in the in the young guns. That's that's what I think that the Argos yeah. should do. But the Stampeders win a game that they needed to win to stay in a home playoff spot in that West Division that just continues 
to stay crazy between the Bombers, Stampeders, and Rough Riders. Let's move on to the second half of that Friday night doubleheader at Commonwealth Stadium. It was Ricky Ray night, but the Tiger Cats spoiled that one. The Argos had Ricky Ray night earlier this season. The Thai Cats popped 64 points on the Argos. <laughs> and then the Eskimos have Ricky Ray Knights. And the Thai Cats, they win by a field goal that ended up going off the upright. But it looked like it was going to be a night that the Thai Cats were going to pop 60 on the Eskimos. Because before the end of the first quarter, it was 21 nothing. They came on a, what, a 41-yard touchdown to Marcus Tucker. A 76-yard touchdown to Braylon Addison. It This looked like it was going to get away from the Eskimos really fast with Logan Kilgore start, as, as the starting quarterback. Those three touchdown drives that the Ticats had, that were consecutive touchdown drives, yeah, totaled yeah. six plays. Three plays for the first, one play for the second, two plays for the third. <laughs> after, after their second touchdown... I went upstairs, uh, grabbed grabbed something to eat. I came back downstairs, went to the bathroom, came back to TV. It was twenty one nothing, and I texted you. I said, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> and then it looked like they put that number fifteen jersey on uh, Ricky Ray and got him out there for the second half. And all of a sudden, the Eskimos were back in it. Game was tied, but. Poor clock management, not being able to get another first down, gave the Tiger Cats the ball with, what, around 45 seconds left. They did what they needed to do, and Liram mm-hmm. Hyralahu ended up kicking the winning field goal. Wow. I I was kind of worried about what the Eskimos were going to look like here, but still, at the same time, the defense that we saw at the beginning of the year is not there for Edmonton anymore, and... <laughs> They've got a crazy defensive line. Alex Bazzi got into his first game in a long time. Um, He did make some plays, but I think the biggest play that really got the Eskimos really back into this game and kept the momentum going was Matthew Betts making his debut, had a quarterback sack, a forced fumble, and that had the Eskimos with all the momentum in the world. But props to Dane Evans and the Ticats. That didn't scare them off, and they stayed composed, and they left Alberta with one win in two weeks, which I think that's that's about as good as you can hope for. <laughs> I mean, if you come into Alberta and sweep both teams, that that is amazing. If you leave with one, this I think is, you This isn't okay. the NHL three years ago. You're yeah. not going to come in and get sit and get get four points. Yeah, it's not an Alberta vacation. <laughs> no, not not anymore. I mean, Calgary is always going to be tough to play, uh, especially at home. Uh, you know, Edmonton at home, I mean, you look at it, you look at the roster, I know Kilgore was starting, but with Trevor Harrison there, you think it's, it, it is the more likely game that you're able to win. Yep. And I think Kilgore in there makes it easier, and I'm not, it's no disrespect to Logan Kilgore, but he he hasn't started a whole hell of a lot of games. hasn't played in a whole hell of a lot of games. So, I mean, Dane Evans, I know, you know, Young got the starting job due to injury. He has shown that he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Granted, he has a great team around him. Yeah, and he for, does. And for them to come in and, and get two out of a possible four points 
in these two weeks is huge. Uh, you know, they, they clinch a playoff spot this weekend. They, they, they remain ahead of, they, they keep pace is a weird way to put it because they are ahead of Montreal, but Montreal won their game as well. So they, they keep the distance. It was a huge week for Hamilton to come in and, and you figured Edmonton and the crowd would be, uh, on a high because of it being Ricky Ray night, but Hamilton was able to quiet that crowd real quick, real early and stay out in front. And granted, the second half didn't quite play out like they wanted it to. I mean, you go up 21 nothing, and you you only score nine points after that. Not ideal. But yeah. they get out of there with a win, which is huge. Especially in that, that East Division. Well, the top two spots in East Division are going to be highly contested the rest of the way. Well, now the Tiger Cats have clinched the playoff spot. So of the Bombers and so of the Stampeders. Uh and by clinching, a, by clinching a playoff spot, it basically means they've clinched a home playoff berth because Ottawa's not catching them. Yeah, it'll be even tough for Montreal to catch them at this point. Uh, yes. They're six points back with a game in hand. Uh, the Ticats do have five five games to go the rest of the year, but they're going on sale for season ticket holders today. I believe the general public on Thursday. They might be able to sell this West Final out or East Final, sorry, or whatever it's going to be in Hamilton by October, that might be a record. <laughs> oh, and now, man. now they sell those new social uh, tickets in the end zone. So uh, Labor Day had more people there than they've ever had at Tim Hortons Field. I think this home playoff game might set a new record. For Tim Hortons Field and good for what they're doing in Hamilton. They they should be excited about their team. Uh, they're a fun team mm-hmm. to watch and uh, they are back in having a home playoff game. I, I do want to talk about Logan Kilgore. The, the toughest throw to make in the CFL is those wide out throws. <laughs> I Weird mean, that you bring that up on Ricky Ray night. <laughs> if you do not have the arm strength of... A Henry Burris, you need oh. to throw the ball before the receiver even thinks about looking at the ball, and before he's out of his before he's before he's break. And the Tiger Cats could have had a lot more than three interceptions because mm-hmm. there were some that they dropped or couldn't quite get to on those throws. Kilgore is going to learn the timing of those throws in the Canadian game as he stays in this league. Um, We'll see if he has to make more starts, because from what the Eskimos have said, Harris has been dealing with this injury for actually a few weeks since uh, the Mm -hmm. Eskimos played, I think, Winnipeg. The Bombers, yeah. That's when it all started, and they they haven't said it's only going to be a one-game thing. For it's Trevor day, Harris. It's day to day. <sighs> so no, it's none of it's been clear. That which is par for the course in the CFL, right? We're not yeah. going to get any more than that. Uh, waiting for depth charts to come out to wait to see who's named starter. Here's the thing: Devaris Daniels had double digit targets. He's been having yeah. that with Trevor Harris. He caught two of them. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, if you did pick him, one of them was a touchdown. Uh, he only had 19 yards on the day. If that's Trevor Harris, I, he's 8 I of took, 10. I took Ricky Collins, so it was even worse. Uh, yeah, four catches for 21 yards. Uh, yep. You can't trust an Eskimos 
receiver with Logan Kilgore at the helm. C.J. Gable was the leading receiver with 52 yards. Uh, I thought they would have run the ball with him more. He he had 11 carries. I know that's that's all right, having 11 carries for 45 yards. He had to run some hard. He had, he had some hard carries to get those 45 yards with that Ticats defensive mm-hmm. line. Um, I, I thought that. They they would just give him like twenty, like we saw with Moses Madu in Ottawa early this season. And I know some Eskimo fans would like to see Gable get the ball uh, some more, but they need to get that going if Logan Kilgore is going to start any more games here. As for Hamilton, and it takes pressure off a young quarterback if you can absolutely. establish a running game. Absolutely. As for Hamilton, Marcus Tucker has 54 yards. Brandon Banks, 72 and a touchdown. Acklin had 51. Addison had 126. Four catches. I mean, this is without Luke Tasker. They have depth in that receiving core in the hammer. Mm -hmm. And if Luke Tasker comes back, that team gets even better. Yeah. Braylon Addison and Dane Evans... Uh, and, you know, we've talked about it because they were both not starting. They ha- they had the chemistry being on that second team. Now they're both starting, and it's showing. Uh, but, I mean, they're not overwhelming. There was no overwhelming receiver with targets this week. I mean, Dane Evans really spread the ball around. He did, yep. Which makes it even harder on a defense uh, because you can't just stick your number one corner on the number one receiver, it's not going to work out well when they're spreading the ball around like this. And Dane Evans only threw eight incompletions, and one of them was an inter- interception. Braylon Addison yeah. was actually the Ticats' leading rusher, too. <laughs> yeah, four carries for 29 yards. He ended up with 25.5 points. He was the leading uh, fantasy guy for the Tiger Cats, including the quarterback. They need to figure this out, and Calgary needs to really figure it out, too, because Calgary had a lead. I know... If, if Toronto makes a stop there on the fourth quarter after they kicked it deep, things get mm-hmm. really interesting. Things got really interesting here because Hamilton doesn't w- have a reliable running bed. game. I went to bed. <laughs> they don't have a reliable running game. No, and, and if you have a lead, you have to be able to run the football. Yeah. To kill the clock. I I wonder if Sutton could be starting for the Ticats as soon as next week. I, I don't see how it could hurt. I mean, it, it, they, they'd have to change the ratio. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, I, I think Sutton was one of the most underrated running backs in uh, BC last fall uh, going into the playoffs. He made an impact on that team. I think he could do the same for the Ticats as we get ready for too the bad, playoffs. Too bad he couldn't make an impact in Hamilton in the playoff game. <laughs> Mind you, oh, nobody on that BC roster made an impact. Wally's last game ends like that. I, I will say about this game, I was actually really disappointed about the attendance. It was announced at 25,694. Edmonton is one of the great cities of the CFL. And I, I guess I just thought with... Ricky Ray being in town, that the fans would come out to see that plaque on the Wall of Honor unveiled. I I know that the free kids' tickets are gone, maybe until next season. Um, So so that takes people out of the stands. But I know the Oilers had a preseason game. 
but which they won six to two, not a big deal. Man, Ricky Ray night, and that's what happens. It was a beautiful night, sixteen degrees, a little bit well, of a chilly wind, but I mean, might be the last nice weekend of the year as we roll into the the end of September. Now it could be. <laughs> I mean, last chance to maybe if if they have if you have a lake property or anything, last chance to get up there, get finishing touches before it gets the weather turns and you and you, it's too late. So I could see that. Uh, you know, kids back in school now too. I mean, it might have something to do with it. I, I know it was a Friday night game. It's not like they're not doing Thursday night games anymore. But I mean, everybody gets pretty busy this time of year. So I, I get it. But yeah, twenty five thousand. I expected it to be a little, a little higher than that, and, and a little more raucous. But I mean, Hamilton took took the crowd out of it real early and really quick. I know that they've lost four in a row, and in, in football, that that feels like an eternity. That's a um, month. And they didn't have their well, five, starting... Five weeks, they had a bye, did they not? And they didn't have their starting quarterback, so that hurts attendance too. Um, but the whole Ricky Ray thing was awesome. Um, seeing him get emotional is something new um, that CFL fans aren't used to seeing. I, I remember when Ricky would throw an interception, some fans would be infuriated. Because they'd be like, does this guy not care? <laughs> it's like the best quarterbacks have the shortest memories, and as soon as he threw a pick or whatever, at, it was gone. Look look at Brett Favre. Yeah. He holds the record for most interceptions. You don't throw the most interceptions by just, you know, being scared. It's, yeah, I threw one. Forget about it. Go out there and, and you don't change your game. You 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 play the same way. If you make that if you make another mistake, so what? You got you have the rest of the game to fix it. Like, yeah, take your take your chin strap off angrily, but I mean, what what do you want him to do? Get super emotional, let it get in his head and then what? Throw four more that night? Yeah, exactly. Uh Ricky is maybe the best clutch quarterback of all time. Undoubtedly, the best touch pass we've ever seen in the Canadian Football League. And, two great uh, cups with two teams. Yes, the only starter to win four of them. To see him on that wall of honor in Edmonton was very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just thought he was one of the most beloved players in uh, the last two decades in green and gold, and I, I just thought there'd be thirty-five, forty thousand there. Just, just a bit surprising. I, I will say about uh, uh, the attendance at Commonwealth Stadium, but I was there, and it's really cool to hear his speech. and uh, And I'll leave it at that. Uh, this episode of Tune Out is brought to you by well, Litfest is the original nonfiction festival happening in Edmonton in the middle of October. It's ten days long, but Litfest this year is presenting author pods. This is really cool. A series of live shows and discussions at the intersection of writing and podcasting. It runs from October 2nd to 5th in Edmonton. Now, there are a lot of shows going on. Uh, I've listened to The Secret Life of Canada with Phelan Johnson and Leah Simone Bowen uh, from CBC Podcasts. They're going to be doing a live show with Chris from Let's Find Out, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. So there's also going to be some true crime 
podcasts happening October 5th live in Edmonton. True crime is like the ultimate thing right now, whether it's Netflix it's the, it's documentaries. It's the new zombie TV show or oh, movie. Oh, man. Whether it's Netflix documentaries or podcasts, they're everywhere. They're having a true gut. True Crime Showdown, October 5th in Edmonton. If you want all of the details on this, go to litfestalberta.org. The schedule for author pods is up there. If you're in Edmonton, this is going to be a blast. And if you use the promo mm-hmm. code APNROCKS19, you're going to save 5 bucks on your ticket. APNROCKS19 to save $5 off of your ticket. Go to litfestalberta.org. Dot org for all the information on author pods. Now, speaking of live shows, Tune Out Live Hey-o. is back. Great, great segue. Great segue. <laughs> November 21st, the Thursday of Grey Cup Week at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. I cannot wait for this. Is, so, Is this officially like second annual or is it just the second? I'm going to say second. If if it okay. happens next year, then we'll call it annual. What what's the third anniversary present? What is that? Let me look that up. My my mom would know. What's the second? That's a great question. I think the first is paper. Okay. I'm, I'm googling second. this right now. This is just yeah, great this, podcast listening. This is great podcasting. Yeah, I was going to say we came in super prepared on a Sunday night. <laughs> oh, cotton. Oh, so t-shirts. So so two and out cotton t-shirts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this live show at uh, Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack, November 21st. Tickets went on sale on Friday. So if you go to our Twitter account or our Facebook page, you will see the link to get tickets there. There's actually mm-hmm. an event page on Facebook. I'm going to get this mm-hmm. up on the website, twoandout.ca. Make sure you grab your tickets for this. Because this one actually could sell out. Tyrell's mom is trying to get every single person she knows to the show. And if it sells out, I mean, it sells out. Tickets are $15, but that ticket includes your your first beer or whatever you want to drink and a donation to CFL fans fight cancer. Their meet and greet is happening on the Saturday of Grey Cup, raising money for Wellspring Calgary. But to and out live November 21st, Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. Grab your tickets today. We'll get you the ticket link. It's up on Eventbrite, but to and out. .ca. And actually, Booker's was on You Gotta Eat Here, that show on the Food Network with John Catucci. Love that show, so you know there's amazing food at Booker's. We're all about food on Tune Out. We're going to have an absolute blast at this live show. Are you getting a bit nervous about uh, your mom showing up to this thing and being an onstage guest, possibly? Uh, I The possibly is, uh, it's official. She said she'd do it. So that's great. <laughs> Uh, Here's also, the question: Are you going to show up? <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. If I if I come Wednesday, if I come in Wednesday night, Thursday might end up being pretty rough. <laughs> but I was I've been looking into a couple of things, and uh, there might be party favors involved for those in attendance. Okay, depending on cost and availability, and and so forth and so on. And we also posted a poll. On Twitter, it's going to run for a week because I, I don't know how often people actually check our account. Uh, I wouldn't if I was you. But <laughs> uh, we had discussed 
we have been discussing it for a little while, and then I finally pulled the trigger today and asked you about it. Uh, T-shirts, we're looking to see if there's any interest, uh, what you guys would want for color, uh, design, and stuff like that. So there is two polls up on our Twitter page. You can find them there. Vote. Uh, give us an idea. And, and if, if you do vote yes and want more info, you can always fire us off a DM as well. Awesome. Let's talk about third game of the week, and it was the game of the week. The Montreal Alouettes <laughs> beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 38-37. Okay, here was my Saturday. I sang O Canada. I uh, went to my nephew's first birthday party. They actually had the game on there. So I watched the game until halftime, 34-10, to and then I went to Edmonton to go to WWE. I look at my phone... I see that the Alouettes won this by a point. Three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I <laughs> this this is not your older brothers, Montreal Alouettes. Older brothers, yeah. Um, well, I mean, your brother's so much older than you. Like his Alouettes are the Anthony Calvillo Alouettes. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it's not your. I don't know what it is, but this isn't the Montreal Alouettes that have become the punchline for so many jokes over the no, last I mean, few years. We'll talk. We'll talk about the punchline in the next game, but yeah, because we know what I'm going to bring up in the next game. <laughs> I know you are, and you <laughs> threw me into your tweet. Come on. Oh yeah, because you you totally thought Dom Davis was ready to be a. Starter. I'm innocent. I'm innocent in this. <laughs> don't you put that hate on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Let's start with the first half where I texted you and said, Chris Strebler is a fantasy god. Which you then followed up with, I am a fantasy god. <laughs> and I am a fantasy god. We will get to okay, that. <laughs> pump the brakes. Pride is a sin, Travis. <laughs> Chris Strebler led this game in rushing 84 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, nine carries. That's not really a surprise. Honestly, no. in the first half, the Alouettes looked like they hadn't seen Strebler play. They looked like they hadn't played football. Yeah. I mean, when when you see the Bombers lining up for third and short, and Strebler just runs around the corner and gets a 38-yard touchdown untouched, that's not rocket science. It's not something that the Bombers haven't done before. You have to expect it. That when they're going to line up third and short, I, 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 I come to accept the fact I'm not going to stop them. For the most part. I would, rather, I would rather make him dive for two yards in the first down, seal the edges, give up the inside. He's not going to break something big because he's just going to be pushing. Then let him get outside the the tackles and get thirty forty yards. Like, like you, you got to play the lesser two evils here. Now it's always tempting to take your quarterback's number one target when you're building a fantasy lineup. With Strebler, mm -hmm. you do not have to. Mm -mm. You just he is his <laughs> he is his favorite target. When they get to the red zone, there's a good chance that he's scoring that touchdown. Um, yes. <laughs> Andrew Harris was the Bombers' leading receiver, 112 yards receiving, 76 mm -hmm. on the ground, 
But mm-hmm. 74 of those receiving yards came from the arm of Darvin Adams. <laughs> yep. What a beautiful throw. And that play was bizarre. He might because- he might throw the ball a little better than Chris Trevler. <laughs> you know what? If they're they should just keep Darvin and Strevler in the backfield. If it's a running play, let Strevler do what he does. If yeah. it's a- <laughs> that's yeah. That'd be one way to do it. It was such a bizarre play because I'm at the birthday party and we're basically watching the game on mute. And I was like, what are the Alouettes doing there? Apparently a fan in the stands blew a whistle. So Tommy Campbell thought he heard a whistle, basically gave up on the play. Mm-hmm. I guess that fan was ejected. But, Rightfully so. But man, I mean, Harris was tackled at the one. I mean, you got to finish that play. <laughs> I I know it's really confusing if you thought you've heard a whistle, but Harris hasn't given up. But if you hear a whistle... And you think it's the referees? Yeah, you can I mean, get a whistle, a, 15 yards a whistle is a pretty it, yeah. a whistle is a pretty distinct sound. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're taking down Andrew Harris two or three seconds after that whistle. If it is the referee's whistle, you're in a world of trouble. Oh yeah. So I get it, um, and I don't know if the right way to handle it is to just nullify that play because of the whistle, or to let it. I'd, I don't think they can do that. I would have to, like, that would have to be, we would have, if this would happen before the Ambrose interview, we would have had another question. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Stuff like this has happened before. And we, we saw it a couple of years ago in Hamilton where, you know, people did blame the box J boys, but we don't still don't know who had the whistle, but Andre Prue called them out. Yeah. And, you know, when when you hear a whistle, you're taught to play to the whistle. So you hear it, you have to stop because you don't want to incur a penalty. But it's just a crappy situation when it ends up being from the stands. And I, I don't know if there's a way to rectify it uh, in-game other than, you know, just replaying the down. But I, I know they didn't. But, I mean, that would be the only that would be the only thing I could think to do, but that would have to be in the rules and collectively bargained and all that crap too. So uh, right now, I guess it it was done the way it's supposed to be done. The Owls defense did a better job in the second half. Basically, to beat Strevler, you have to force him to pass. Make him beat you through the air. He did that against the Riders, I think, on Banjo Bowl. He does have what it takes, but I'd rather take my chances with Strevler throwing Law the ball than running it. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, he I'm... threw three incompletions. Yeah. Well, two, two incompletions and one interception. Yeah. Uh, as for the Alouettes, nothing really got going. And they were down three touchdowns late in this game. And the Bombers had every opportunity to finish it off. Um, I'll give you the exact time. <laughs> well, they I can tell their, you about their five last times. Drive. I can tell you about five times they could have finished it off. They missed an extra point in the first half. Medlock missed a 53-yard field goal. They ended up mm-hmm. picking off Vernon Adams uh, in the second half. Couldn't really do anything with it. There were some dropped interceptions. They had the Alouettes at third and uh, third down 
in the fourth quarter. Couldn't make the stop there either. There were so many opportunities. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can't really think that way. But the Bombers just could not finish off the Alouettes here. And this is not the, the way the Alouettes have been in the past. There was... The, they, they made long drives happen, too. It wasn't just they were mm-hmm. getting lucky field position. They had a 98-yard scoring drive at one point. Winnipeg made them work. And Montreal had no running game in this one. Standback had 38 yards rushing. And that yeah. was it. That was really it. Chris Matthews, two touchdowns. Jake Weineke, the winning touchdown at the end of the game. Devere Posey, 132 yards. He had himself a touchdown. That fourth quarter from the Alouettes was unbelievable. They needed about 50 things to go right, and they all went right. So they come into that fourth quarter. They are down 27 to 17. Or sorry, 37. They are down 20 points. Yeah. They scored 21. Winnipeg, yeah, they didn't close them out on offense. They did not make plays on defense. I know they had an interception. Uh, I believe he had an interception in that fourth, didn't make in that fourth quarter, did he not? Yeah, so... Hecht had the interception on the third last drive. But other than that, they weren't able to stop Montreal. And as a defense, I know it's hard, especially as a defensive coordinator, you you don't want to get beat, which in turn gets you beat because you're playing too safe. You cannot change a game plan when you're leading because you, you want to prevent teams from scoring. Prevent defense prevents winning is what it does. You still have to send pressure. You still have to, to you know, bump receivers. You, you still have to play the same way you've been playing the whole game. Because if you change something, and 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 an offense is able to adjust, it can hurt you like that, and you give up twenty one points in a quarter. Vernon Adams threw for four hundred and eighty eight yards, four touchdowns. He rushed for a touchdown, an absolute fantasy monster with this game. He enters the most outstanding player category. If he has yep. games like this to wrap it up, it might be Vernon Adams Jr. on that podium at the end of the season. But on the one interception he threw, there was an incident where Adam Big Hill went to block him on the interception return. Vernon Adams looked like he instantly took offense to it, ripped Big Hill's helmet off, and then appeared to swing that helmet at Adam Mm -hmm. Big Hill. And made contact. No flag on the play. Which I don't know if the refs didn't see it, but there was a ref five yards away. Yeah. I mean, so, that's ejection-worthy to me, man, and then the whole comeback doesn't even happen. I think the Bombers have a case to be very angry. To me, that is 40 yards in penalties. Yeah. Personal foul for the face mask. The 25 yards for, you know, I don't know even what the call would be, but it would be a disqualification. And you're right. This, I don't think Matthew Schultz or Antonio Pipkin comes in and leads this comeback. 
Um, a fine is not enough. He has I to think, be suspended. I think he's only getting a fine. That's my prediction. Which, which is an absolute joke if it happens like that, because he could, if imagine if he cracks Big Hill on the side of the head, I and know. not just a glancing blow. He could have done. He could have knocked Big Hill out for the year. Yeah, career. Uh, right. So I, if we're gonna suspend, and I know it's in, it's a CBA thing. Uh, if we're gonna suspend Andrew Harris two games for PEDs. And I know this isn't a PED situation, and this whatever, is a lot more if dangerous. That's gonna be that punishment. That's gonna be that punishment. If you're gonna take a helmet, becomes a weapon, and you're gonna use it as such, that's got to be pretty serious. And a fine is, if it's a fine, I I don't get it. Because he wasn't ejected, there has to be a suspension. If he was ejected, then I mean the suspension could be lower, right? And and a fine or whatever. But because there was no penalty, no ejection, he has to be suspended. And I number of games, I don't know, but it's got to be more than one. Something's going to happen. Um, we're probably not going to know about it right away. Hey, we might know on Monday. Um, hey, we we might not know what the actual penalty is going to be until late October Wednesday. after the appeal yeah. processes are done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get the tinfoil hats on there, owned by the league. I mean, if if he gets suspended... If anything, the league <laughs> might give him money. If, if he gets suspended, we've got Vernon Adams against Andrew Harris for MOP. <laughs> Who do you vote for? <laughs> I have zero clue, but these two teams do play in Winnipeg before the end of the year. Which it should be c- real good. It could be ugly or fun um, to watch. Depending on speaking of those, speaking of those two players, Danny Austin on Twitter today made a really good point that Andrew Harris has to be on the ballot. You right. let the voters decide whether okay. or not he's worthy of winning MOP. You can't oh, just yeah. take him off of off of the ballot. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you look at so if, if let's say that that Vernon Adams comes out of the East and Andrew Harris comes out of the West, who do you vote for if you had a vote? <laughs> We're going to ask the hard-hitting questions here. Well, the Bombers went one and one without without Harris. Where mm-hmm. are the Alouettes if Vernon it's Adams not is an in M- their QB? It is, it is not an MVP award. It is most outstanding. Two completely Overall, different things. Yeah. I think Harris... Right now, that's where I would lean. But I think if Vernon Adams, you know, gets <laughs> I mean, a couple more this again. games and they keep winning <laughs> football games, then my vote would be Vernon Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if if Harris doesn't get to, like, a considerable... Like, I know a 1,000 yards rushing is a big deal, but he's got to do something considerable through the air, too, because if he's just going to keep getting a 1,000-yard seasons, it's been done. Well, if he has a couple more 100-yard receiving games, things are going to get really interesting. Yes. Uh, I can't wait till these two teams play again. One thing I do want to mention about this game. Kenny Lawler had a quiet oh, game. To, I do have something to add when you're done. To, to, okay, two catches for 31 yards. Mm-hmm. But I got a tweet from uh, Cindy today. Uh, the Bombers had their fan day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she met Kenny the King Lawler and actually mm-hmm. asked him if she knew how I refer to him on 
this podcast. Well, Kenny the King Lawler knows that that is now his nickname. I asked Cindy if he liked it. She said he does. He smiled. He laughed. I think the Bomber store, they need to start selling King's Court shirts. There needs to be a section at IG Field in the end zone. Where like all these, Seattle has for, for Felix Hernandez? Yes, like all you serve is grapes and turkey legs. And, oh, you, you have like people, the ushers have giant fern leaves that they cool the fans off with. Everybody this, wears togas. <laughs> they need a toga party night at the Rum Hut for Kenny the King Lawler. That's... Okay, so if they make, if they make shirts... <laughs> Where are the royalties? Because I'm pretty like Dave Dickinson's getting screwed. <laughs> yeah, on the Canadian out of the, mafia. Out of the royalties <laughs> from the Canadian mafia T-shirts. Oh, royalties on Kenny the King Lawler. He gets all of them. <laughs> you better be okay. <laughs> um, we have the Pickham group. Yeah, and I'm going to bring them up again because we're going to talk about Winnipeg Neely. He's he unbelievable. Was on a four, he was on a 14-game winning streak coming in to this game. And because he made me walk around Regina in cowboy boots for three miles looking for a Burger King that wasn't open, karma bit him in the ass. Winnipeg not only loses, he loses his streak. So suck it, Neely. But I don't hold grudges. What a game. I can't wait until these two teams play again the final game of the week i think just gonna do bullet game in quotations yeah the lions practice destroy the red blacks i think just go general here the lions win 40 to 7 let's start with ottawa Mm -hmm. they had 13 drives i'm gonna read to you how every drive ended okay can i can i guess (laughs) okay the first drive, they actually had 10 plays for 68 yards. That would be their best drive of the game. But it ended. And then they turnover the t- on downs. Turnover on downs. Punt. 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 Interception. Field goal. Which, hey, hey, let's be honest here. The interception is the best end to a drive they've had up to this point. <laughs> field goal. Missed field goal. No, no. Yeah. Interception. Interception. <laughs> Punt, turnover on downs. Who was their quarterback, Tino Sanseri? <laughs> and then the Bronx cheer from our nation on a punt single. Oh, I am. I don't care if there were 10 fans at TD Place by the end of that game. Slow clap for everyone that continues to come out and support that because the Red Blacks are worse than they were in 2014, their first year mm-hmm. in the league. Um, at least Trevor Harris got field goals to end drives. <laughs> like, are the Red Blacks... Is Marcel Desjardins too good of a GM that they lost everyone to other teams? <laughs> Explain. I... I don't know what the Red like Blacks too frugal? Do. But here's the thing. They... Look who won free agency this year. BC and Edmonton. Where are they? Yeah. Uh, the bottom. 
I mean, they're better than Ottawa, West. I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, who isn't right now? <laughs> um, I mean, even Miami, even Miami Dolphins might be better. <laughs> this is... I don't know about that. <laughs> so, Jonathan Jennings, 8 of 17, 121 yards and in an interception. Will Arms, 6 of 11, 61 in an INT. The, fa- the fact that I had to pick between him and Will Arndt as to who to put on the prep sheet, and it had to be John Jennings because he led the way with 3.4 points, lets you know just how bad the situation is in Ottawa. That's about it for them. Uh, both GMs were actually on the sidelines for this game. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I think it might be good for BC, bad for Ottawa. Mike Riley. Hey, two wins in a row. BC's turning it around. <laughs> oh, baby. Here they come. They actually have Edmonton yep. Thanksgiving, too. Things could get interesting. <laughs> um, I like it. 21 of 27 for Mike Riley. 353 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But Deron Carter, one for one, 67 yards passing and a touchdown. So he loses to Darvin Adams on the yardage, but he gets the touchdown. Brazilian tie, I ask you, who's the better quarterback? Darvin Adams. <laughs> Just because on principle? 100%. <laughs> And he even looked at the camera, Deron Carter, after his touchdown, and said, he's the coach. What's he doing on the field? Think about it. It's like, dude, that was, that was like three years ago. Drop it. <laughs> that's, that's not the reason we all hate you. <laughs> it's part of it. I mean, it doesn't help. So there is a poll on uh, the Two and Out Twitter account right now. Who's the better quarterback? Deron Carter, Darvin Adams, 68 votes so far, 56% favoring my boy, Deron Carter, who also added a receiving touchdown in this game. I'm I'm just so (laughs) glad that Brandon Rutley was put on the one game and I had to change everything up and put John White in, so I got Deron Carter out of my lineup. (laughs) So, Deron Carter's I'll been... Ta- I'll take the loss in points that I got with Lamar Durant. Deron I'm Carter okay has been a receiver, a cornerback, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. next? Linebacker. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Deron Carter being a cornerback, uh, I know it's NFL. Antonio Brown gets released by the Patriots whatever everybody knows the story by now uh in our in a group chat that i have with some mutual friends of ours it was brought up that you know well the browns could sign him and add to their ever expanding uh i don't know what you would call it or like their receiving core with odell beckham jr and jefferson and all this and it was brought up yeah chris jones would sign him like yeah does does cleveland need another corner Which got rave reviews in the group chat. So um, i just like to point out that we are funny, and that guy can suck it. <laughs> Shaq Johnson, 160 yards and a touchdown. Welcome to 2019, buddy. I think a lot of people thought that mm-hmm. Shaq Johnson was going to have a breakout season. Maybe this is the game. 
that uh, gets him going. He was on the other end of that touchdown pass from Deron Carter. Brian Burnham continues to be probably the hottest receiver in the league, other than Reggie Bagleton before this week when he missed nine catches. That makes it, let me think here, 18 plus 8 is 26 26. catches in the last three games. (laughs) Uh, Added a touchdown there. It was a big part of my fantasy team. Just one more thing. I'll add two more things about this game. John White looked explosive. Um, Mm -hmm. Had a rushing touchdown, 80 yards on the ground, 17 carries. Odell Willis finally gets to 100 sacks. He had been stuck on 99 for a really long time. And he finally gets there. He had moments with his general manager, his quarterback, his coach. He was emotional on the sideline. One of my favorite players to ever play Mm -hmm. in the CFL. I love the personality. I think the league needs more people like Odell Willis. I know uh, you'll say what you will about the hits on quarterbacks and things like that. But I do love Odell Willis as a player. I've met him a few times. I actually met Mike Riley and Odell Willis in a hotel lobby at the Grey Cup in Edmonton last year. We took a picture with Mike Riley with Odell Willis holding the cell phone. It was one of the coolest Grey Cup moments I have ever been a part of. So I'm glad he made it to 100. And maybe he was just stuck on 99. Just watch him go off the rest of the season. But he's the 12th player to have 100 sacks. And right now, I've said it before, we're watching John Bowman, Charleston Hughes, and Odell Willis, three of the best Mm -hmm. D-linemen to ever play in the CFL, and they're all in the league right now. And it's so fun to watch uh, defensive players that can dominate games like that. Oh, yeah. I know that – I know offense sells tickets and draws viewers – but when you got a guy that can literally get to the quarterback, almost seems at will sometimes with some of these guys, and can do it consistently and disrupt plays. Uh, you know, don't forget Willie Jefferson. Yeah, too. He's, he's on that list. Like this, this generation we have playing right now, uh, and I know John Bowman is probably part of a different generation. If we're going to look at him and Charleston <laughs> Hughes are on the older are on the other side of thirty. Yep. Uh, but. The way that these guys are playing right now is it's so much fun to watch. Let's talk about our fantasy lineups from this past week where I me 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 That's what you sound like. <laughs> yeah, when I texted you and I told my wife I was running around all day, I am a fantasy god. <laughs> she was not happy with me oh, weird. at all. <laughs> weird. When is she happy with you? <laughs> she actually had herself. She she actually had herself list. a good lineup too with Dane Evans, John White, uh, Eric Rogers, Braylon Addison. But I had the top score in CFL fantasy on the entire website. I don't think it wins me anything, but it is really cool to be number one overall. So I'm just going to go through my lineup. Uh, you did the math on the best possible lineup you could get under $40,000 on the website. Um, I, think, I, felt, I think I got it right. Okay, I felt 10 points of the lineup that you came up with, uh, mm. but I had 148 fantasy points, which is actually only four points more than a lineup I had in July. 
but I'm pretty sure the top scorer then had like 170 or 180 or something like that. Um, I had Chris Strebler, 35.6. Andrew Harris, 23.8. Christian Jones, 10.8. The the fact that Christian Jones got you 10.8 points is an absolute travesty. Well, he... (laughs) He actually could have had about 17. He had a 90-yard field goal, missed field goal return. The Eskimos would have had their first kick return in how many years? And uh, he getting double-digit points just showed that anything I did this week, it was so lucky. Uh, Brian Burnham, 28.5 points. Josh Huff had 11.9 points for the Stampeders. He actually had some costly drops, could have had a bigger game for uh, the Stamps, and Jake Weineke, 27.4 points. Two-thirds of those kind of came on the last drive for the Alouettes, mm-hmm. and, and it took the BC defense, who also had 10 points. It was incredible. Uh, I am now tied for first place in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I did well. beat... Andrew, uh, for, Andrew from the has Eskimo a tiebreaker on you, and I, ca- I called out the commissioner on it, and you're actually in second. I'm still tied for first. Record-wise, but you don't have the tiebreaker. Ah, whatever. But he crushed me <laughs> earlier in the season by 55, and I actually had a shot. You had, you had a shot at the tiebreaker, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to beat him, but if I win, I'm not going to beat him by 60. <laughs> I think I might have got by him by about 40. Um, But Mm -hmm. let's face it, if you average, the the guy in first on the website right now, he has just over 1,600 points. If -hmm. you average basically uh, an even 100 every week, you have a shot at winning this whole thing and winning a trip to the Grey Cup at the end of it all. Um, And if you win a trip to the Grey Cup, you can come to 2-0 live. Yeah, who wouldn't do that? Right. So, I mean, so what was the perfect lineup? Uh, I mean, I, this is what I came up with. Um, there might be an, another very, I don't know. But uh, you could get Vernon Adams Jr., John White, Terry Williams, Brian Burnham, Jake Weineke, Marcus Tucker, and the Lions defense, and be $50 under the salary cap, and it gets you 158 points. Wow. So I was I was 10 off of that. And I yeah. actually only had well, I had two of those players, right? Brian Burnham and Jake Weineke. Yes, and the Lions defense. Yeah, and the Lions defense. Uh, now I just I, I get my sure thing at quarterback, a sure thing at running back, a sure thing at receiver, which I know sounds obvious, and then the rest are just lottery tickets, and you hope that they hit because now players are getting so expensive that it's getting pretty tough to build a lineup. Remember when Vernon Adams Jr. was like $6,000 and we thought it was ridiculous? I know, I know. It was the, it was the best. It was the <laughs> best of times. It was also the worst of times. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> Easy there, eat it. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want you to check out the Mess Hall Podcast with Avery Cochran, who talks to a ton of interesting people, and it's basically all about food. Actually, this month he did two episodes reviewing interesting flavors of potato chips. I'm listening. Which is awesome. You know, you know what my favorite <laughs> potato chips are? What's that? The next one. 
Oh, I like that. So I know we talk a lot about food on this show, um, but that's what he talks about, like all he talks about. So check out the Mess Hall podcast, all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com and get your week 16 tickets at seatgiant.ca, a ticket website that's Canadian owned and operated. All the events are listed on Canadian dollars, even if the event is in the States. Seatgiant.ca, NHL hockey's getting underway. The CFL playoff run, the road to the Grey Cup's going to start. Well, it is already started. You can grab your tickets at seatgiant.ca and using the offer code APN, you're going to save 5% and you're going to support the network in the process. Seatgiant.ca, use promo code APN. Two and Out Live is coming up November 21st. Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. There will be a brisket eating competition. I will be taking on Fallon from Booker's, who is actually a certified barbecue judge. I think she might crush me like a grape. And I I want to see her just chow down on this brisket. There could be the rematch between Zach Evans and myself. I'm flying really, really confident here. Brazilian tie, what's the betting line set at right now? So if I am correct, we are going by total eaten in, amount, in an amount of time. Yes, I believe it's go- we're going to weigh the amount okay. that is uh, being eaten at the end of it all. The line opened up at Zach. If it is Zach Evans, I mean, the line could come off the board. Right, because, I mean, it could be just you and Fallon. Um, but the line opened at Zach minus four and a half ounces. Uh, we've had some action. Uh, there's about 120 jelly beans put on you <laughs> at plus four and a half ounces. Uh, however, it hasn't been enough to move the line yet. Okay, we need to put a line on Fallon here. See, but that's, that's an unknown. Like, I think she'd be a huge underdog. Well, then maybe people will put a ton of jelly beans down on her and win a ton of jelly beans. Who's buying all these jelly beans to to bankroll this? I will hit the bulk barn and we will place bets. With- if you're hitting the bulk barn, you better be picking up some green dino sours because I will let's actually, be honest, those are the only ones worth their weight. I will actually go there and have we're gonna have a jelly bean jar at two and out live. Guess how many jelly beans are in this jar to win it at the end of the night? That's happening right now. <laughs> We're going to have so much stuff to give away. <laughs> Tickets for Two and Out Live, if you're still with us, are $15 at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack, November 21st, eventbrite.ca. The tickets are there. I'm going to post them at twoandout.ca. Your ticket includes your first beer, a donation to CFL fans, fight cancer, and we do want to give away a pair of tickets right now. So if you leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and if you've already left a review, five-star review, just send us a screenshot of that, and you want to go to the show, uh, we're going to do a draw next Monday for a pair of tickets to Two and Out Live. Leave us a review. And we will choose one of you to get uh, a pair of tickets to Two and Out Live in November in Calgary. This show's coming together. Tickets are moving. I know people are already buying them. 
I mean, if Brazilian Ty's mom is going to be there with her guest list in tow, it might be sold out by the end of the week. I'm like, just saying. If <laughs> if her on if her entourage comes, the amount of comp tickets we'll be losing money on this. <laughs> Leave us a rating, and if you've already sent one, just send us a screenshot of it, and uh, we'll get you into the draw for a pair of tickets to Tune Out Live. Have yourself a good one. We will talk to you Thursday to preview the next week of CFL games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.